Welcome to On the Way with Tony Chris. Each weekday, Dr. Chris will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Chris. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 156. When I left you last time, I was talking about Abraham and David, and the reason I am continuing that today is because I want us to drill down on these two characters that God brought into existence for a specific purpose, just like every one of us. But these two are like pinnacles in God's story that relate to our salvation and the salvation of all the redeemed down through the ages. Because when it looked like that the world was in chaos after the Tower of Babel, after the destruction of the flood, God raised up a man by the name of Abram, and he brought him to a land, and he promised him and made promises to him that were unconditional. And he did the same thing to David. And so we're going to look at those today. Day. Often I'm asked, who are the most important people in the Old Testament and the New Testament? Well, let me just say to you, other than the Lord Jesus himself, the two most important people that have lived on earth have been Abraham and David, certainly in the Tanakh, in the Old Testament. And the reason for that is to these two men were given unconditional promises concerning redemption and salvation. Abraham was the first, and we are introduced to a great promise and series of promises in Genesis chapter 12, and often it is quoted, God said, I will, I will, I will, I will do this for you, I will do that for you, I will do the other for you. God made promises in chapter 12 to Abram and said, come follow me and I will do this for you. And Abraham left his ancestral homeland as part of the people in their capital city of Ur. And he went to Haran, and when his father died, he followed the Lord into the land of Canaan. And we know that story from Genesis chapter 12, 13, 14. And then when we come to chapter 15, we actually have the covenant made with Abraham. So in Genesis chapter 12, you have the promises and the introduction to the covenant, but the covenant's not made until years later. That happened in Genesis 15. And then in chapter 17, you have the seal or the sign of the covenant, which is circumcision. But in Genesis is chapter 15, God told Abraham, he said, I want you to go out and look on, no doubt, Abram was on that patriarchal highway, that ridge road that is high in elevation that comes up from the Mediterranean on the west and from the great Syrian-African rift, Jordan Valley on the east, in the area of Hebron. God said, I want you to step out and I want you to look at the sky. Can you count the stars? Abram said, no. Go to the sands of the Mediterranean. Can you count the grains of sand? No. He said, neither will you be able to fathom the number, the innumerable people that are going to come from your loins. I'm going to make you a great nation. 
I'm going to give you the land everywhere that you have walked and places you've not been. I'm going to give to your descendants and I'm going to give from your seed. I'm going and your lineage and your posterity. I'm going to raise up one who will be the redeemer of all the earth. And God went through the ritual of cutting a covenant with him. And you can read about that in Genesis 15 and the story of the finding and cutting of the animals apart and Abraham trying to keep the birds and the fowl of carrion away. And he was worn out and was unable to even walk through and fulfill his part of the blood ditch ritual. But the Bible says the presence of God as a flame of fire went through that and completed not only his part as God, as the one who made the covenant. He also walked through and made the commitment and the covenant for Abraham because Abraham was not able to walk through it himself. And so God basically said, Abraham, I You cannot even last long enough to fulfill your end of this ritual, but I'm going to be the only one that passes through because I'm not only going to keep my end of the bargain, I'm going to keep your end. That covenant says that if indeed promises are made, then promises are going to be kept, and that the ones who make the covenant indeed say that they will die to make sure that covenant, they will shed blood to make sure that that covenant is kept. And indeed, God, in fact, did that in the person of his beloved son in the fullness of time. And so there was a covenant to Abraham and to his seed. And then in the book of Second Samuel, During the reign of King David, David said, I want to build you a house. You have been dwelling in a tent. I live in a beautiful place. And God reminded David, even the heavens cannot contain me. I made everything. Well, you think even the universe can contain me? Absolutely not. David was visited by Nathan the prophet, and he said, do what's in your heart. But as you know, before long, he sent him back and said, no, you cannot build this great place, this house that you're wanting to build to honor God, but your son will do that. But here's what God did make a covenant and a promise to David about. He said, David, because this was in your heart and because I know your heart, I am going to set up and establish your house and your lineage from now throughout eternity. And he said, it is through you that the Messiah will come, that a ruler will come. The scepter will not depart from the tribe of Judah. And indeed, as we go through the coming podcast and days and weeks, we're going to see that in the fullness of time, God not only fulfilled his promise to Abraham, but also to King David. And yet a part of that is still to be fulfilled. Now in the promise to Abraham, God in his great wisdom, God the Father provided his son to be a sacrifice, to become a blessing to all the nations. Yes, Israel is a blessing to all the nations, but this is a son of Israel. This is indeed the Lord Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, that was born into the tribe of Judah that became the sacrifice for sins. He was raised from the dead to become the son of God. He was the son of God, is the son of God, always has been the son of God. But Romans chapter one and verse four, the apostle Paul said that G 
Jesus was declared to be the Son of God by the resurrection of the dead. In other words, God put his seal of approval on his sacrifice as the Son of God by the resurrection from the dead. That's important because the Davidic covenant says that he would build a house and that for David and that he would have a ruler. Then he goes on to make promises that one would sit on the throne ruling throughout eternity. David is dead and his tomb is still with us according to the scripture. One day it'll probably be found. I may have already been and they just don't know it. But the reality is that this is a promise of the Messiah, the anointed one, the one that God had made a promise to Adam. He had raised up Abraham and now David, one that would rule forever. And the Lord Jesus is crowned as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And for the last 2,000 years, the church of Jesus has been waiting for him to come. Yes, I believe there will be a rapture prior to a great tribulation that will come upon the earth like the world has never seen. Not just tribulation, but the great tribulation, an unprecedented, unparalleled time that is called in the Bible a time of Jacob's trouble when Israel will be crushed and they will look unto their Messiah at the end and will be gloriously saved. But the Bible says 144,000 will be saved simultaneously, instantaneously, and will become witnesses of the Messiah all over the earth. But at the end of seven years of great tribulation, three and a half years of deception at the beginning, and then the wrath of God being poured out upon all the earth, that the Lord Jesus will come, according to the prophet Zechariah, his feet will step down on the Mount of Olives, according to chapter 14, and he will judge the nations and the leaders of the nations in the valley of Jehoshaphat, the valley of Kidron, the eastern valley, and then he will step into a new temple that will be built. It will be the place where he will rule the nations with a rod of iron for a thousand years. And that's what we refer to as the millennial reign, because Revelation 20 says it will last for a thousand years. Now, all of this has to do with the promises that he made to David. That's why I went through that, is to help you to understand that God was keeping a promise to Abraham and still is when Jesus came and died for our sins as a sacrifice where we could be born into the family of God and into the covenant promises that God made to Abraham in a spiritual way, not born of natural seed, not natural birth, but supernatural birth with the new birth. And because the Lord Jesus is going to be faithful to David, then Jesus is going to be not only as he is now reigning spiritually within the heart of every child of God, but one day he will physically and literally reign on earth, and the Bible says all of us will reign with him. Well, I'm almost 12 minutes in today, so I want to say to you, in the days ahead, we're going to see how it all came together 2,000 years ago in the fullness of time. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. 
That's questions at TonyCRISP.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.